Well, it has been a few weeks since I have preached on Wednesday night, and it's just due to circumstance. Um, Zach gave us a good word about uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and our sphere of influence, and you kind of heard me even preach on that again uh, Sunday morning, um, how the Lord has given us authority, how we're supposed to go, and how we have uh, people that we have the authority and have been positioned to influence, right? Um, we have been going through, and I'm just going to repeat myself again, we've been going through disc testing, personality tests, we've been going through motivational gifts testing, finding out who we are, how we're made, what gifts God has blessed us with, what gifts we may be a little bit short on and need to be strengthened in a little bit, or, or be around the body to be around other people, not just like us, but see value in those that are strong in administration or those that are strong in mercy and... and uh, those that serve, um, I'm leaving some out, givers, perceivers, I'm not going to do the whole list. But spent quite a few weeks finding out who we, who we are. And if you remember from a couple weeks ago, I talked about how Jesus was ending his ministry. And he said, you know, you, you have received. You've received me, you've, you've received my word, you've been water baptized, but now I want you to go to the upper room and I want you to wait He's been resurrected. He has gone to the cross, paid for our sins. He has arisen, and now he has shown back up to, to some people, to roughly about 500 people, and said, I want you to go to this upper room. And how many made it to the upper room? 120. That's about right. Really, for a prayer group, that's a, that's a big number. Normally, you call prayer and you just get a handful um, I want you to know we had uh, intercessory prayer last Sunday night, and it sounded like we had a big crowd, and it sounded like the, we had a big spirit. Um, I will tell you, when we show up, when, when we call on God to come, He comes. When we ask for the Spirit, God gives it. We're going to see that from Scripture, that when we ask, He gives. God is a God of asking and giving. God is a God of us speaking and Him hearing and Him responding. But he wants us to speak. So he said, Jesus said to the 120, or he said to those that he met, it's not enough. I want you to now go and wait to be clothed with power from on high. I want you to wait for the gift of the promise, for this promised gift, which we now know to be the Holy Spirit. I want you to go up there and wait for it because it's going to be poured out upon you. And it talked about being clothed. And uh, my mom, during Monday morning prayer, remember now, we pray as a staff on Monday mornings at 9 o'clock. Now, none of y'all have yet to show up to that, but we would love to have you from 9 to 10 to pray. So far, it's just my staff and my mother, and it's been that way for a long, long time. But it's okay. One can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight, and we're putting a lot to flight in that Monday morning prayer. But she started saying... You got to, yeah, Jesus said to go to the upper room to get clothed. So we get saved, we get water baptized, but we're still naked. Uh, Miss Nona Sue said the stage looks naked. <laughs> we've taken all the stuff down. Because we've finished one thing, we're going to start another thing. Get ready, we're going to make some pretty big changes for uh, in two weeks. Um, but to be clothed meaning we're missing some clothes. We're missing a part. And what, what's that part? It was the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. It was Pentecost. 
the, the followers of Jesus still needed the Holy Spirit. So, it is my desire as your pastor at Church on the Hill that is a Spirit-filled Baptist church, and no, I didn't mess that up, that's what we are. We are a Spirit-filled Baptist church, that we be clothed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We've received Jesus, we've received the Word, we've been water baptized, and by the way, if you haven't been water baptized, you need to be. Scripture says to do it. So, why are you waiting? Then, Jesus said, I want you to go to the upper room, and you need to be clothed with the Holy Spirit. That's another thing. If you've not been, if you've not asked for the filling of the Holy Spirit, you need to ask. If you were here two Wednesday nights ago, we asked. Now, you can say it and not mean it, but I want you to say it and mean it and believe it. We receive salvation by faith. We receive the Holy Spirit by faith. All I believe I have to do is ask. Scripture tells me all I have to do is ask, and he'll give it. Well, I believe his word. He's going to give it. Okay, so the main scripture that we're looking at is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. That's a good scripture. What is the Lord's will? Do we not, do we not have that one, Mikey? All right, Mikey. NIV, Ephesians 5, 17 through 20. Hey, you know what you could do? You could get out your Bibles. Hey, all right. Ephesians 5, verse 17 through 20, NIV. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Now, let me ask you, can we go back, Mikey, go back to 17, and can we put these two together? The Lord's will is, verse 18, to be filled with the Spirit. I believe we can put those two together. We're finding out what the Lord's will is. Don't be drunk, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart unto the Lord, always giving thanks, thanks to, the God, to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, this be filled can, can, is translated being filled, continuously filled. It's not a one and done thing. It's something where we continuously get filled with the Spirit. We need to be, we need to be filled with the Spirit. So, how do we get filled with the Spirit? Now, let's go back to Pentecost. I want you to, uh, Mikey, I don't know if you have this one, Luke 24, 49. There we go. Remember, now, these are, the, the 120 are in the upper room waiting, but back to Luke 24, 49, he says, Behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you will stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. I believe Jesus is saying that you have received my word, you believe in me, you have been water baptized, but that is not the whole picture. Wait for the promise. The 120 believers in the, were in the upper room and they were empowered supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. And we will see... In, uh, you know what, Mikey, I don't have that for you. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, and let's just look at it real quick. I have taught this so many times, and I'm kind of doing this one a little bit different. 
Acts chapter, this is a New King James. Uh, Mikey, if you've got NIV already, that's okay. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as set on a set of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let's just keep on going. And there were a dwelling in Jerusalem, Jerus- there were, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, "Look, are not all these speaking? Are not all these who speak uh, Galileans? And how is it that we hear in our own language in which we were born?" And it goes on to just to show us that in this instant of instance of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, tongues were present. We're going to see that in the five uh, the five references from Scripture of the the baptism in the Holy Spirit or those that have received the word, received water baptism, and then a second experience of Holy Spirit baptism, you're going to see in four of those five tongues were present. That's why a lot of times we hear churches and preachers and teachers teach that tongues is the evidence of the filling of the Holy Spirit, which I don't disagree with. I don't believe it's the only evidence. I think there is many evidences of being filled with the Spirit. There are many gifts of the Spirit, but one of the main evidences is tongues because we see it in four or five, and in the, in the one instance where it does not say they spoke in tongues, it is implied that something was happening because Simon, the magician, saw something happen, happen and wanted it for himself. So scholars have argued that tongues were probably present at that one too, but it's just not recorded. Okay? We okay? Everybody say yes. Okay. I hope you mean it. All right, let's look at a second occurrence. Acts chapter 8. And if you want to turn with me there, Mikey, we're going to look at Acts 8 verse 14, but I'm not ready for it yet. Acts chapter 8. This is Philip's revival in Samaria. This is, okay, so um, Pentecost upper room was the first experience. The second of the five accounts of the Holy Spirit being poured out is found in the eighth chapter of Acts. Philip, who was one of the first deacons ordained in the church, goes out to the Samaritan city and he begins to preach the gospel. And a great revival breaks out. Miracles accompany the preaching of the word of God. And it is a revival in which signs and wonders appear. It is the divine stamp of authority and approval of the gospel message. Now I want to back up just a little bit. I'm kind of running already and I didn't mean to run. Um, We're going to see in one of the accounts, people that have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and were water baptized were then approached by some of the disciples to say, have you received the Holy Spirit? And they responded, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. So I don't want to take it for granted that you may be here tonight and you may say, I have never even heard the first thing about being filled with the Spirit. Wasn't I filled with the Spirit when I received Christ as my Lord and Savior? Yes, it says that you had a measure of the Holy Spirit. It says that you cannot confess the Lord Jesus without the Holy Spirit. 
Now, we had a little bit of a debate this morning, not a debate, but a kind of a discussion amongst the staff, uh, just Pastor Justin and Zach. And the more I chewed on this, God is our creator. Now, this is, this, is, this is just your pastor talking. This is not scripture, so chew on this. But if we have to have a measure of the Holy Spirit to even be able to confess that Jesus is Lord, I believe God gave that to us from the day we were born. I believe that when he breathed life into us, he breathed his spirit into us. He's our creator. We are his. We were created by him. But in order to say that Jesus is Lord, we have to have a measure of the Holy Spirit. And I believe we're equipped with that from day one. What I mean is, even those that say they're agnostics or atheists, I believe have in them the ability to confess Jesus is Lord. If they didn't, then... Were, were they left out and they never could? I don't believe that. I believe God has made it possible for us all to be able to receive him. So that's kind of, as I, I'm telling you, I have really had a day or two of, of toiling or tarrying about really how to, how to get people to really grab hold of what God's doing. Really how to grab hold of the Holy Spirit. I argued a little bit with my staff this morning talking about when we receive Jesus, I believe we're receiving the Word. I believe that's, that's, that's part of it. Jesus is the Word, but Jesus is now in heaven. Jesus is not in the earth anymore. Jesus is in heaven. But in order for me to receive Jesus, I've got to receive the Word. And I obey His Word. The way I show Jesus that I love Him is by obeying His Word. But it talks about being... being um, uh, worshiping in spirit and in truth. I have the word, but I need the spirit. The only way Jesus goes with me, he goes with me by the word being in my heart, but God goes with me by the spirit filling me. And Jesus is showing us right here that one without the other isn't complete. I don't know how we can, we can take this scripture and somehow not see it. So, you may be here today and you may say, I didn't even know anything about it. Great. Man, have you got something great ahead. I love it when someone shows me something that I've needed my whole life and I just didn't know it. And there it's been. It's been there the whole time. You just have to go get it. And it's easy. I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit in the shower by myself. I didn't have a ministry line to walk. I didn't have people laying hands on me. I didn't have a song being played. Can you imagine that God can move without an altar call? I was in the shower, and I just said, God, I give up. I ask you for your Holy Spirit. You said you'd give it to me if I ask, and I ask. No lightning flashes. I didn't hit the ground. I didn't even pray in tongues at that time. But I received the Holy Spirit. And um, my life has not been the same since. So, ask for it. All right. So, back to eight, Acts chapter uh, 8. So, Philip's revival. But somehow, word gets back to the apostles in Jerusalem about this Samaritan revival... And we find them responding not in terms of what's happening in Samaria, but in terms of what isn't happening. 
In the thinking of the apostles, there's a vital missing element in the miracle-working revival Philip has underway. And they're so concerned about this missing element. This is the one I was just talking about. They send Peter and John to the Samaritan city to take care of the omission. So uh, Philip has just had this revival. It's gotten back to the apostles. So time has gone by. So much so that now they're having to send. The apostles are sending back Peter and John back. What's missing? John and Peter come down to the revival for one reason. And that's to lay hands on these new converts that they may receive their spirit. Acts chapter 8 verse 14. It says that when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. Verse 15. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they may receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 16. Because the Holy Spirit had not come on any of them, they had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17. Then Peter and John placed hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. This is not the one um, that I mentioned saying we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. That one will come later. But from this scripture, can you see two separate occurrences? They had believed, they had received, and they had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That is water baptism. Amen. Then, later, comes Peter and John, lays hands on them, and they receive the Holy Spirit. Separate instance. Now, you guys all may say, why are you, why are you, we get it. Do you? Do you get it? Um, this, is, this is a daily, for me, it's a daily thing. I have to get up and remember, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Every single day, I need to make sure that I get a good tank full because I've got I mean do you have decisions to make throughout the day that affect your family that affect your future that affect your health and your safety that affect your children's health and safety man I need the Holy Spirit with me everywhere I go and when I forget and when I'm out on my own I'd make dumb decisions and I don't think I'm a dumb person but without the Holy Spirit I am capable of a lot of bad So I need to be empowered, clothed. Every morning you get up and you get dressed. Why not include that in your getting dressed? Lord, as I put on a physical shirt, Lord, I ask you to empower me with your Holy Spirit. Let's just go ahead and get dressed in the Lord. It talks about putting on the full armor of God. These are things that you have to put on. When attack comes, you can try to fight it in your own strength, or you can fight it with the Word of God. But if you fight it with the Word of God, you've got to put it on. And you've got to do it. Let's look at one more. Acts chapter 9, next chapter, if you've got your Bibles out. This is uh, really just an amazing story, amazing um, testimony of how Saul, who became Paul, was converted on the road to Damascus. When he was struck down by a blinding light from heaven, right in the midst of his campaign for persecuting Christians. Now, I love the story of Paul for one reason, or for a lot of reasons, but one main reason is we've all done a lot of dumb stuff. We've done a, we, our sin. I think a lot of us would look around and think, man, I'd bet I've sinned worse than anybody here. 
I, I know some think that. I've thought that. I've thought that my sin, if, my, if, if Jesus' price that he paid was $100, my sin was $150. It, it wasn't enough. Jesus it didn't have enough, didn't do enough because mine was that bad. And it's a way of, be, of feeling rejected. It's a way of not being accepted. It's a way of not receiving forgiveness. It's a way of holding on to unforgiveness. It's a way of not forgiving yourself. But Paul is being a part of persecuting and killing Christians. Now, then I think of my sin, and I'm like, well, mine was bad, but it wasn't that bad. And God used Paul to change the world. God used Paul to write two-thirds of the New Testament. God can use you to change this nation, to change this church, to change the city. You, just you. You have that kind of potential. You. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care what you've done. Jesus paid the full price for what you did. Would you please confess that sin to the Lord? If you haven't. If you have, forgive yourself. Sometimes the hardest person to forgive is yourself. You just want to walk around just moping all the time, thinking about what you've done, and you can never come out from under it. Well, that is Satan's way of holding you down under the water for the rest of your life. Well, you know what it says to do when Satan's got trying to get a hold of you? Resist him. Submit to God. Resist the devil. You've got to do some shaking. And he will flee from you. Get your head back up and forgive yourself. If Jesus has forgiven you and he's paid the full price for you, don't take this the wrong way, but how dare you not forgive yourself? We're saying that Jesus, it's not enough, and I'm going to hang on to it, and I'm going to remain in bondage, even though you have paid for my freedom. even though you bled for my freedom. Forgive yourself. It's a great place to start. Acts chapter 9, verse 3. So as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground, heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, Why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Man, what an encounter. (laughs) You get blinded, and then the Spirit of God, Jesus Christ, speaks right to him. I think that would wake most of us up. And Paul probably needed that kind of wake-up call. Sometimes we just think we've got it all together. So Paul received Jesus Christ right there on the road to Damascus. But we see later in Acts chapter 9, verse 17, now he tells him, 
Paul, you're going to go down this road and you need to go meet this guy, Ananias. So Jesus, Paul is received. Paul is received and he goes to uh, Acts chapter 9, verse 17. Goes to Ananias' house and he entered it. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Spirit. Separate instance. Now, I believe these two occurred a little bit more closely together, um, but still two separate accounts. Now, next week, I'm going to finish. We'll finish this. Um, But we're going to go over three more accounts. And one of the accounts happens right at the point. I believe it's Peter that's preaching. He's preaching, and people receive receive the Word of God, receive Christ, and the Holy Spirit just falls on them. Now, that's, that's the way I'd like it to happen. We don't have to think this thing out too much. Just fall on us. You know, just, just go ahead, God. Um, I believe last Sunday, I believe the Holy Spirit fell on us. You guys remember people just getting free, popping up all over the place. We kind of I mean, uh, uh, the hands were going up everywhere, and I think that probably some were getting free that didn't put their hands up. That's okay. But I believe that was a measure of the Holy Spirit being poured out. I believe mercy was poured out. I believe power was poured out. Let me tell you, in order to get free, it takes power. It takes power. But why not? Why not? Why not the Holy Spirit just fall in this place? And I want to go back and look at Pentecost and say, okay, we need to get together and we need to get in one accord. Now, that'd be kind of hard for all of us to fit in one accord, but can we get into one accord? That's an old time pastor's joke. I'll get a little corny on you every now and then. <laughs> It'd be like a clown car. Wouldn't that be hilarious if we could get about 20 people in one accord? Bought a Honda? Should have bought a Honda. Yeah, that's another pastor's tongue joke. Bought a Honda, should have bought a Hyundai. <laughs> Tell you, I can, te- I, can, I, can, I, can, I can teach how to pray in tongues with that right there. As dumb, as dumb as that sounds, I can get you going. And that's all it takes. Praying in tongues, you, you get blocked in the head. And I will tell you, I can help you. If you, if you want your prayer language, come up here and pray with me because I will help you and we'll get it. Now, the, the key is you have to speak. The Holy Spirit doesn't do the speaking. The Holy Spirit gives you the utterance and you speak. That way we don't get in Walmart and start going nuts on people. People that are doing that are off. The Holy Spirit doesn't operate like that. We do the speaking. Now, I can get in Walmart and get in the line, and I can Shondai all up and down that, that aisle if I desire. But if I don't, I'm not going to freak on people. I'm just not. God didn't make us to be freaks. That's out of control. That's confusing. God's not a God, not the author of confusion. So, why not we get in one accord? Now, why don't we get on the same page? Do we believe the Word of God is true? The whole Word of God? Do we believe the Holy Spirit will fill us if we ask Him to fill us? Then let's ask. 
let's not leave here tonight empty. Let's leave here tonight full. All right, we all just stand up with me, and I'm just going to pray over you. And I just ask you to pray with me. Don't sit back there as spectators. Pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we just um, come in here on the same page, filled with the same spirit. Lord, we are hearing the same word. And Lord, we are following you. We are here to say that you are our God. We believe your word from start to finish. Lord, we come under the authority of your word. We come under the authority of your kingdom. And let's just together, let's just ask, Holy Spirit, fill us. Holy Spirit, fill me. Holy Spirit, fill this church. Holy Spirit, fill our youth room. Lord, they don't even have to be asking for it. We just right now in one accord ask you to fill that youth with your spirit. As Justin is up there ministering and those kids are ministering, Lord, let them come into one accord. They don't even know it. Let them come under your authority and let the Spirit fall on them. Over our children's ministry, let the Holy Spirit fall on those children. John, as a baby, was filled with the Spirit in his mother's womb. It doesn't matter how old you are. We get hung up with a lot of stupid stuff. Lord, you can do it. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Clothe us with power from on high. I thank you, Lord. We receive your word. We receive your spirit. Jesus, we receive you as our Lord and Savior. Now, Lord, let us have victory the rest of this week. Over Jackie Donaldson, we just speak healing over her body. Lord, over our prayer list, we just ask for miracles. Your word has shown us that where the preaching of the word is, there will be signs and wonders to follow. Thank you, Lord. Those here that are having back issues, that are having head issues, that are having cancer or any kind of health issues, we ask for miracles to just fall in this place. Thank you. Those that are battling depression, those that are battling uh, MS, those that are battling uh, bipolar, those that are uh, whatever. What is, your, what is it? Let's just speak it. Uh, God, you're over it. The, the wind and the storm, they know your name. These problems, these demonic things know who you are. We just call them what they are. And Lord, I just call them out and just say, be, be, uh, be removed and cast into the sea. And we believe that you can do it. We just say to that mountain right now, be removed and cast into the sea. I thank you that as you fill me with your Holy Spirit, I feel like I can take on the world. Yes. Nothing, nothing no longer has any height to it. They all come under, under you. Thank you, Lord. Now give us victory, Lord. Bless this church. Bless this church. Fill us up, and Lord, let us go out and let us infect our city. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week full of the Spirit. When you get up in the morning, ask for it again. God bless you.